Hey there, podcast listeners. Today's episode is a bit of a meaty deep dive into internal family systems. This uh, might be on your radar as a way of thinking about the dynamics inside us that guide our behavior, or you may have heard it in popular usage if you've ever heard somebody talk about an inner child. That idea comes at least in part from this framework of thinking about human psychology. So I hope it is interesting and useful to you. Before jumping in, I wanted to let you know that in 2024, I'm going to begin adding some group coaching offerings to the work that I do at Zen Founder. And I'm doing this because I think the interactions between entrepreneurs can be so incredibly helpful to us as individuals. Sometimes people see things, observe things, have experiences with things that can save us a tremendous amount of time and energy. And so if you're looking for a bit of a mastermind about your mindset, or if you would like to think together alongside really smart, kind other people about how you show up in your life, how you show up in your business, I will suggest this to you. It's um, a bit of a more affordable option than working with me one-on-one, -on -one, and I am lucky enough to be in the position to really be able to curate some amazing groups uh, because, frankly, I only work with awesome people. So if that is of interest to you, reach out to me. You can do that through the Zen Founder site, and I would love to talk to you more about it. One other reminder, this content is also available on YouTube. And those who've been following the podcast know that I've been doing a, a bit of an experiment with YouTube this year. And it's going to, okay, not awesome, okay. So if you consume content on YouTube, if it is like a thing you pay attention to, it would be awesome if you would hit subscribe and, I don't know, drop a comment or, or two here and there. As you know, that helps with the algorithm and all of the elements that make the YouTube machine run. So would appreciate you doing that, and I thank you in advance for it. Without further ado, let's do a bit of a deep dive into internal family systems. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Do you ever have the experience of feeling like you're acting like a child, <laughs> even though you're a fully functional, responsible grown-up and you run a business and have a family and do all the things. But do you ever feel like something happens and your reaction just sets you back to being seven years old and you're that kid on the playground again who has not been invited to play dodgeball and you're alone and you're sad and you're angry and those set of feelings and the frustration that go along with them happen. Except this time you're not seven, but you're 37 and you're sitting in a board meeting and a team of people want to do a different thing than you want to do and they don't like your idea and there's tension. But instead of feeling like the accomplished 37-year-old entrepreneur that you are, you get thrown back in time. So this happens a lot actually. And there's a whole system of therapy that is 
really focused on how different parts of ourselves, different eras of our life, get sort of internalized into our whole self. So it's called internal family systems, and it's this model that indicates that there are many parts that make up our entire self, and that sometimes those parts are in tension and sometimes they're in harmony, but that they live inside of us and interact with our self-self, like our primary self, and the extent to which those parts get disrupted or dysregulated is sort of determines the extent to which we feel off of our game or outside of our present time and place. So this model was invented by, popularized by Dr. Dick Schwartz, and he has done a lot of work to help people understand how this is at play in their personal lives, in their business relationships. Really, in all of our relationships, we have this potential to get triggered or to be invited into past states of mind or past states of presence. So this model isn't the first one to see a human being as segmented parts that are in some tension together. You might remember from Psych 101 when you were in college, learning about Sigmund Freud's id, ego, and superego. So in that model, the id was this almost childlike, impulsive, pleasure-driven, I want what I want, I get what I want to get part of us that was absolutely impervious to the consequences of behavior or the morality of our decisions or anything. It was just a driver. It wanted what it wanted. And so the tension then becomes that you have these other parts in Freud's model, the ego and the superego, that are trying to kind of rein in the id. The ego does that through um, achievement accomplishment. The superego does that through morality. And so you have intention, these aspects of the personality and the extent to which the ego is driving the ship or the extent to which the superego, the more moral part of us is in charge or the extent to which the id is in charge really shapes how we show up in the world. So Dr. Schwartz sort of took that a step further or maybe not a step further, but I think carried some of these fundamental assumptions forward that you can be one human entity made up of these parts that are in conflict. And so in internal family systems, you have a basic model where there are exiled parts. These are parts that have been hurt. There often are, probably have heard the term your inner child, parts that are vulnerable, parts that have experienced trauma, Basically, they're sort of the parts of the self that hold the pain. They, they hold the things that are difficult for us to face or confront. So the exiles remind us that we're vulnerable, that we can be hurt, and that trauma is possible. And so to offset the difficulty of those realities, there are a couple of other parts that come in to protect the exiles. Again, in Dr. Schwartz's model, we have the firefighters. These are the alarmists. These are the hypervigilant protectors. These are the parts of us that sort of sniff out danger and are like, I'm not going that way. I mean, these are the parts of us that are very, very, very careful to avoid danger or to avoid getting hurt. This is the part that doesn't mess around, that doesn't put us in a place where we might be vulnerable to developing more exiled parts. And then the third major uh, sort of category of parts in Dr. Schwartz's model is the managers. 
These are the achievement-oriented, success-driven, I'm going to do all of the things right in my life so that I don't experience vulnerability or so that I don't experience trauma. And so you can see where you have you know, these exiles that just remind us of our deep humanness in all of the ways that we've been hurt and all of the things that we carry with us throughout the history of our lives that, have, that are heavy, that are difficult. And I think if we felt the weight of all of that, it would be too much for us. It would paralyze us, which is why those parts, those realities are pushed to the side. They're pushed away. They are exiled because the, the premise is that so much reminder of our vulnerability would paralyze us, would make it so that we can't function very well in the world. So again, we have these other parts that are uh, designated to prevent hurt from happening again. In uh, Dr. Schwartz's model, though, there's also a self, like the self that's present in this time and place, the self that has gone through the different developmental tasks and has you know, started the business made the family, the self that is the adult in real time, in real life. And so the self is interacting with those parts. It's almost like there's the self in your body and then there's these different like voices swimming around your head that are giving you different messages. And so the self can lean into those messages or avoid those messages based on what the self is trying to accomplish. One of the ways that this can show up in real life is, well, here's an example. Um, I've been working with an entrepreneur whose business really, really suffered during COVID. Uh, she had to fire all her employees and just shut it down right away. It was really, really traumatic for her. It felt like a failure and had significant consequences both to her life and for lots of people's lives. And in a way, it feels like she hasn't quite recovered from that. So she came to work with me, and in our conversation, it became clear that she had this early life story, this child self that was really, really eager to please and felt like it was really important that she be successful and believed that if she wasn't successful, then she wouldn't be loved. And we come to learn that this woman had a family story where there was a lot of trauma and she had siblings that struggled with addiction and abuse and really had a difficult time. And so her child self became quite organized around, I have to be successful so I'm not like them, so I don't cause heartache and heartbreak to my parents, so I don't get lost, so I'm not in pain. The path out of pain becomes achievement. So the child self is hurt and scared, and then you see this manager self begin to take form that says, the way to not be hurt and scared is to be successful. So as she's going up about her life, she's been very, very successful, as many entrepreneurs are. She's figured out how to work the system, made a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. But then she encountered this obstacle that was outside of her control that she couldn't success around. And it really reignited this child self's injuries, this child self's sense of vulnerability and pain. Because in this case, the manager, the success-oriented one, couldn't protect that child self from feeling all the shame and pain and failure of needing to shut down her business. 
So then in comes this firefighter, which says, this is absolutely intolerable. This is like an emergency. This is DEFCON 5 or whatever it is. But we are not okay in this scenario. There's been failure and failure cannot be tolerated. And it just sets into motion this whole alarm system within the body, within the mind, that is irrationally attached to this experience as something that's intolerable. When in fact, lots of people experienced very significant financial implications from COVID and many people have kind of figured out how to rework their businesses or come back to life afterwards. For her, this exiled part is in so much pain and the manager's strategy to eliminate that pain didn't work. And now the firefighter is in full on emergency mode. And so there's a significant amount of disruption inside of her. And it feels really difficult for herself to stay focused and grounded and clear and in this place and time, right? She sort of feels like she's trapped in March of 2020. And then it also feels like she's trapped in an experience that happened 35 years ago as a seven-year-old. So understanding that this set of feelings, this deep pain, this fear, that the depth of this reaction is not because she's crazy or not because she's not intelligent or not because she's irrational, but because inside her is this child. And this child is very, very worried about this situation. And the child has very few resources, doesn't have adult resources to talk herself out of this experience. So the child is in fear, is very upset, and the rest of the system is disrupted around trying to reorganize this child. So what this can look like in kind of a therapeutic context when we're working from this model is the adult self, this adult woman who again, runs a business, has done things in her life, getting in touch with or being able to talk with this child self and comforting her, letting her know how it turns out, letting her know that when she was a kid and living in so much fear of being hurt or becoming an addict or trying to live alongside her, her addicted siblings, her fears were warranted and the strategy to avoid that fate was also a good strategy, right? Being successful, achievement-oriented, building a business, all of those things worked for her. But she is no longer in that place that she was as a seven-year-old child. So the same strategies did not need to be employed in the way that they once were. And so that becomes this sort of therapeutic process is not cutting off the exiled part, but in welcoming the exiled part into the constellation of characters that lives inside of you and of helping the exiled part know that they do belong and that they are welcome and that their needs and fears and feelings are valid. And when that happens, they become less afraid and less urgently need those other parts of the constellation to help protect them. So all of us have a child self and we need that child self. That child self helps us to connect with our kids. It helps us play. It helps us experience joy and levity and creativity and all of these things that 
children know how to do with brilliance, and we as children knew how to do with brilliance. But when the child self gets hurt, it's often our adult self who has the best ability to help heal those child wounds so that we can reclaim the exile, that we don't have to push them aside, but then we can welcome them in without you know, so much disruption or dysregulation in the system. And so as this person has been able to talk with her child self, and sometimes we do this through actually talking it out in a therapeutic setting or writing letters to the child self. And those letters are really fun. Sometimes it is amazing as an adult to go back and talk to your younger self and be like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe how this worked out. You were so worried about all of these pieces of your life and whether or not you would be okay. And I'm here to tell you, you are okay. And so simply that assurance offered to that exiled part uh, can be very powerful in helping that child self with those childhood fears calm down a little bit and re-regulate. And when that child self is no longer screaming figuratively, then often the other parts of the self ease in their urgency. They ease in their sense of emergency in the case of the firefighter or the ease in their sense of like control, hyperfunctioning management in the case of the manager. So an internal family system that is in some harmony acknowledges vulnerability and acknowledges strategies that help protect against vulnerability, but also is grounded in this place and time and is not easily you know, kind of body snatched to the past or to past strategies that were meant to be protective but are maybe no longer helpful. So whether or not you sign on for an interest in the whole theory, I think this sense of understanding us as having different parts is really helpful, right? It acknowledges that there can be a part of you that feels something But that doesn't have to be all of you, or you don't have to fully own or attach to that. It also can acknowledge that at different times in our life, throughout the course of our development, certain experiences have been imprinted on us in such a way that that imprint becomes an introject. It gets uh, sort of downloaded as a part that we then carry forward. And, you know, that maybe happened at age seven or age 15 or age 22. But these key moments in our lives when we sort of recognize, oh, this has shaped me forever. And I now carry that part of me with me, even though that part of me existed mostly in the past. So it gets a little bit complicated, but I think a lot of my entrepreneur clients have found it to be really helpful because of the language around inner child, getting in touch with your inner child, helping that inner child to feel safe and secure and less like an exile, but as a part of the self that is welcome and has a place in the story. So if this is um, an interesting sort of point of discussion for you. IFS has a wonderful website. They have lots of resources. There's lots of books around this topic. Like I said, it's been pretty popular. It's trending, I guess. But I find it to be really useful in my work with entrepreneur clients because especially entrepreneurs, our child selves are big drivers and motivators for what we create in the world. And the managers are big, important sort of characters in terms of the 
desired structure to help us to be successful. So understanding those motives, how they play out can be really important, especially when difficult things happen and we feel lost or stuck in how to make our way through. So if this is interesting, feel free to reach out to my team and I. We do this work all the time, especially with high-functioning, high-performing entrepreneur types. And we'd be happy to uh, have a conversation with you about whether we can help support you in the work that you're doing and who you're trying to be in your life. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.